Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces Podcast, episode 269. Um, and I'm joined this week by the legend, Dexter Fletcher. Um, this is a really good chat. It's the first time I've met Dexter, and I feel we hit it off. We talk about a lot of stuff. Obviously, the focus, or one of the focuses, is Rocketman. It's the new film he's, he's directed, the Elton John biopic, which is out today. Um, as I'm recording this, let me have a quick look. The reviews are ridiculous. It's 90% on Rotten Tomato, 4 out of 5 on Empire, 7.8 on IMDb. I can't wait to see it, you know. It looks really good. Um, the clips I've seen have been fantastic, and the chat that we had was wonderful. So, um, yeah, I think you're going to enjoy this one. Uh, before we get into it, we're brought to you, as ever, by com. That's my l- label and w- web store and merch store. I've just launched, a lot of you will know, I have these these sunglasses <laughs> that every time I release, they s- sell out in like a day or so. Um, so we've decided this year I've just done a limited black and gold version that have the label slogan of we may not be for you and that's fine on them and they're in the web store now or i mean as i record this they should be in there now they may have sold out already but hopefully not i've ordered a fair amount um because we're only going to do the gold ones for this a uh, one time i think um yeah so there's that uh patreon uh we've just had uh distraction pieces rewind podcast episode um on patreon it's only a dollar a month there's all sorts of preview stuff. There will have, yeah, there will have been posts, photos this week of who I recorded a podcast with on Monday and who I recorded a podcast with on Tuesday. So yeah, loads of good stuff over there. And finally, we're going to get into the podcast, I promise. If you're about on Saturday, come down and hang out with me and Stu Whiffin and previous guest Doc Brown. Um, Lindy Layton, who me and, and Fatboy Slim talked about a lot last week about how wonderful a human and DJ she is. We're all going to be at my club night, uh, We Are Lizards at the Book Club, on Saturday the 25th of March. It's 8pm till 3am. It's free before 9 o'clock. It's a fiver and then the price rises at a certain point, I think 11 or something. Um, but yeah, come down, hang out. If you want photos or anything signed or anything like that that's absolutely fine but if you can come earlier the better because when it around 10 11 ish it starts to get rammed and sweaty and to be frank i start to get quite drunk so um any of those kind of interactions always play out better the earlier you get there and we'll have more time i'll be there from like half seven eight ish before we even open so come on down to that but yeah for now this is episode 269 of the Distraction Pieces podcast with the legend Dexter Fletcher. This piece of fiction is the intro to Distraction Pieces. This piece of fiction is the intro to Distraction Pieces. This piece of fiction is the intro to Distraction Pieces. This piece of fiction is the intro to Distraction Pieces. But, hello, yeah. hello, 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 London. Oh, there we go. That's so, perfect. Cheers. All right, good. Um, I'm joined today by Dexter Fletcher. How are you, sir? I'm very good, Pip. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How How's it all going? It feels like you're at a point that you've been building up to for a while now with Rocket Man. Yes. On the on the verge. How does uh, it feel? Because it's been kind of nice with, particularly with your directorial career. It feels like it's been, and 
the the film industry can often be the, the complete opposite, but it feels like it's been a really nice r- r- ramping up and progression of, yeah. of size, scale, and and pressure. I guess so. <laughs> pressure certainly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's um, an interesting point. I I um I've tried to pace myself. I mean, yeah. that's been slightly dictated by me and slightly dictated by others in a way. But I I didn't. I certainly didn't want to run before I could walk because with my first film, Wild Bill, yeah. it was, you know, I, I, I presented the script that I co-wrote uh, to a producer who just automatically assumed that I wanted to direct it. And yeah. I realised in that instant that if I didn't say, yes, that was the plan, that then it reduced the chances of that film getting made. So when she said, and you'll direct it, I just went, yes, absolutely, that's the plan because... Yeah. That that seemed to be what would get it got it going. So so it's sort of although I'd been you know around a periphery of of directing for many 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 years, yeah. that sort of led me into it, uh, not by any great design. But then I found once I started and and while builded well and and people responded to it so well that and then other offers came in that he was a, an opportunity for sort of like change sort of direction or add a new chapter to to my career in a it's, way. It's kind of a weird pressure and ego boost at once right when, uh, when they're like oh you're going to do it because I've, I've got a script in development with yeah. warp a tv thing yeah and they were the same like, and, and you're going to direct right i was like yeah no i don't right. know how to do it and they were instantly okay. like no you can it's all there yes. and it's kind of that weird thing of going wow this is great but then also yeah. that fear of fuck well they think i can do it i don't, yes. I don't know if, I, if they think i can i guess i can i know i think it's just <laughs> the assumption by people that that's what you would plan to do yeah. and so if they assume that that's why you've written it because you want to direct it then they assume that you must have a vision and a plan for yeah. it which i suppose you've got to have to a, a greater or lesser extent if you're writing it but yeah. but yeah. It's, it's it's you imagining yourself in that position then and then going yeah, right. No, that's the plan, and and yeah. because it's very different than when you you start taking on other people's material, because yeah. then you've really got to start drilling down into what is what is directing really about. Yeah. Because when it's your own vision, your own thing, it's, you've got access to the ideas and the vision much much more readily. Yeah, you yeah. know, you can you can dip into where your imagination's been, you, but you knew it from the start. You knew it from the, yeah. the conception of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, and and so you just start filling in that picture even more. Whereas yeah. then, when you start taking another other material, you have to yeah, you know, follow follow that blueprint, but m- create the work. And um, that's that again is a whole other leap. But that's how I think I I didn't you know just to get back to your first sort of question or, or what you're talking about is that I didn't go i tried not to go too big too quick because yeah. i realized that there was if i was serious about it there was a learning curve that i had to 100%. be to be to be aware of and, and that if i really wanted to you know get it to the highest level i could see how far i could go with it that i shouldn't i shouldn't run before i could walk yeah uh, and and it's a good place to be with with, with directing I, I know i have a, a lot of experience but to, to understand there's still a lot for me to learn and be open to that completely and again it it, it is the more the more you look at it, it's that rare. Th- it's it's always with hindsight, it can look as if you had a grand plan or whatever yes, else. But again, it is one that it feels like there's no one who was more prepared to direct Rocket Man than mm. you because you've worked with Taron on on a, a, a biopic, yeah, 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 and then you've worked on a musical biopic with with with, with Bohemian Rhapsody mm-hmm. before that on Sunshine and Leaf with mm-hmm. the musical element, yeah. So it felt. Like wow, you've you've done all the training 
I to suppose, lead up to this yeah, huge pressure project. I suppose so, exactly. I mean, yes, yeah, you know, that is, I mean, I, I suppose that, yeah, yeah the, the previous work leads me to this yeah. in, in a quite sort of secure way in terms of stuff that I've, I've looked at before, even with Wild Bill and Sunshine on Leaf. There's yeah. this kind of social realism to them yeah. that I, I kind of like to bring in, into into uh, Rocket Man as well so that I have a, an element of fantasy that I can break free from. That's yeah. the new step for me is really is like how, how do you become visionary in terms of, of the fantastical and fantasy element of yeah. of of Rocket Man that it has, and 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 I I feel that that kind of works really interestingly and successfully. That we have people sitting sitting around a kitchen table that then then break into song and yeah, um uh, and or dance numbers and stuff. So yeah. so yeah, I mean it's it is always about like pushing your own personal boundaries and and what challenges you, but having a foot, I suppose in. In, in, in a, a more familiar territory so that those people who are stumping up all that money and faith in you, because yeah. that's another element of it, Huge to go, element. okay, well, look, there's a comparison here that we can see that he, he's got the got the experience. But even similarly with my acting career, you know, with Bugsy Malone when I was a kid and Alan, watching Alan Parker and yeah. and talking to him as I get older and knowing him or, or, or David Lynch and... Jarman and uh, you know I look back on all these incredible directors I've been around Hugh Hudson and at such early ages as well to get influenced by them that must be amazing yeah and exactly and I don't know if at the time you're kind of or I was aware that oh I mean in the in the in the presence of these mavericks yeah you know but but that sort of stuff I I can't ignore or deny myself as I get older and I try and I venture further into being a director it's like what what really did I glean there what really you know what influence did that have yeah. on me or, or, or you know what environment was I in that also lends itself to to creating something like Rocket Man you know yeah. these yeah. imaginative leaps I mean it's, someone like Gothic with Ken Russell was, yeah. was completely out there and, um, and, and and it will have been a kind of being in school Without realizing you were in school, right? Because David yeah. Mamet talks a lot about yeah. how um, the the institutes of film schools and acting schools are often quite restrictive, and, right. and, and 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 they teach you one way of doing things, or they're there to feed themselves and continue to be a, yeah. a learning thing. Whereas yeah, yeah. if you learn on stage, then that's the the best place to learn and the best way yeah. to learn. So growing up, l- being your only experience of film being yeah. these amazing yeah. directors who've got all this yeah. experience, that's got to have kind of been a better w- w- way to learn than you could ever learn from, bo- yeah. from books or on paper. I, yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I appreciate absolutely what you're saying. I mean, better, worse, you know, sure, good. Sure, I mean, yeah. that, that's another thing, you know, because we all experience it and, and, and have our own journey to make. Yeah. I, I just had to get my head wrapped around the fact that I was in those environments and that yeah. obviously they played their part in influencing me and 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 maybe I don't have, you know, a traditional kind of um, formatted learning uh, structures or, or curriculums that I follow that some people may, may, other people may do that works for them, but I, I was there on the ground and I have to at some point sort of, you know, it's very easy when you grow up in that environment to kind of write it off as like, oh, I just happened to be there. But the older you get, the kind of more you realise, oh, no, I know I happened to be there. Yeah. It's a very different understanding of what yeah, it was, you know, and, and, and giving that some sort of credit and, and, and not sort of, you know, for many years, like, oh, I just, you know, it kind of passed me by. But I, I don't think it could have done because I know I have, a, I have my way of it, of, 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 of working. And, and that's obviously a sum of its parts yeah. as well. And as well as who I am as a filmmaker. And so 
I think it's just what road you get on, what route, yeah. what route you're on, and and I'm just very lucky, yeah, that I I was in the, in the present of some really, you know, I've been around fifty years, I, you know, for, to acting and being yeah. a kid on set, and, and you know, uh, those things obviously really put me in 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 an interesting place, you yeah, know, in terms of where I am, because I've come to film making relatively late. I mean, yeah, you know. Sure. Some people may go to film school and study, and you know, they're in, by the time they're in their thirties, they're really rocking and rolling. Yeah. But it took me, it took me a bit longer. Um, well, I mean, I, I want to talk more about are you are you acting later on in the conversation because you've you've definitely been in loads of things that have been a huge part of the different points of my gr- gr- growing up in okay. love with TV and film and cinema and things like that. But yeah. I think we, you touched upon a sunshine on leaf briefly there, and I think. Yeah. Because I think it it, it it will have been a big tool and and learning station, I guess, yeah. towards Rocket Man. Yeah. How was it to be telling the story of somewhere like Glasgow, but with all Edinburgh. this? Uh, sorry, Edinburgh. Yeah, sorry. Uh, uh, we filmed sorry, it in Glasgow, though. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. I, 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 <laughs> there you go. I'm missing bits there. But, yeah. yeah. So telling the story of, of, of somewhere like Edinburgh that's more folklore-type Right area than than a Disney musical yeah. type type yeah, type place, yeah. but it, you you kind of had that beautiful opportunity to to tell this story and and as you said subvert reality with the mm-hmm. musical element and musicals are something that I think it's often easier for us to suspend our disbelief on stage because you're mm-hmm. in a theatre you're suspending your disbelief anyway mm-hmm. on film it can be a tougher thing so mm-hmm. how was that for you to approach as a challenge of going right I want to keep it gritty and mm, real mm, and and, mm. and and tell this this amazing city story. But I want to have this magic and I want to mm. have this freedom to go, at the snap of a finger, we're all singing and dancing. How mm. was that to approach and try and, and find the way to make it work and smoothly, uh, I guess? Well, I think the difference maybe between between Sunshine on Leith and, and Rocketman, for example, yeah. and, and what you're talking about is... What comes to mind is, you know, there's a certain theatricality to musicals that are undeniable. You know, yeah. you, 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 when in the theatre, you are, you're in a, you're in a completely very obvious sort of manufactured environment. Yes. Of course, yeah, with Sunshine and Leith, we're trying to do something that's very real. And so I was always very much of a mind with Sunshine and Leith and it, that, that it didn't become theatrical, that it stayed a kind of social realism drama, as it yeah. were. And, and so I, 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 and the only time it does that really is at the end. Yeah. Uh, when when it becomes this sort of flash mob idea, yeah. and even then it's a flash mob, and the thing that's great about flash mob is like everybody joins in, yeah, and it's very ragged around the edges, and, and indeed local people were walking through Edinburgh, and we were filming on the streets for three days, and they just joined in because the the dance numbers were relatively simple, yeah. ten move uh, kind of that. thing, but there was five hundred people doing it, and locals and and joined in as I said, so. It kind of gave it, a, it kept it very sort of real. And it's yeah. only in that last moment that it really sort of, it burst out into full on kind of theatrical. And it was the period of, it's building up to a payoff anyway. It's not, yeah. you're not getting early. It, it allows that because you've been so restrained yeah. throughout, then it's a reward to go all singing, all dancing. Exactly. Let's go proper music. Exactly. And, and, and let it be rough around the edges. Yeah. It's kind of, that's the fun of it. But, but I, I, I realised very quickly that I had to set out the stall. I had to say, it's going to be real, but people are going to sing. So yeah. in Sunshine and Leith, I made sure that the first thing that you heard was singing. They're in yeah. the back of a personnel, armoured personnel character. Yeah. And the first thing they do is sing so that it looks very rugged and real and very, you know, g- g- 
sweaty, gritty bloke sitting in the back of a armored personnel carrier, but they sing. And immediately the audience just get with that idea, that concept yeah. that people are going to sing. And it doesn't really stray too far from that. You know, it, it, it does keep even all the, all the singing happens in a very real environment. It never, and obviously I, I chose things that looked as cinematic as possible, but I, sure. there's very little choreography in any of it yeah. right until the end. And that's intentional. Um, and I think the reaction of, of, of the other people in the scenes is very real because it is their kind of, yeah. they'll look round at yes, someone. Because yeah. again, in a musical, people are singing, dancing, and a lot of music, everyone's fine with that. Join I love that if yeah. you started doing it in Scotland, people would be like, What's that? What are these two lads doing? Exactly. Why are they, they singing, walking down the street? But Precisely. It's, it's, it makes it real in that way. Yeah, exactly. And, and, that, and, that sort of, and that's what that very clearly wanted. I very clearly wanted to do. I wanted to create a musical that didn't feel like a musical. Yeah. It's really about relationships and love and how do we navigate it? New love, old love, uh, and love that's, that's, that's no longer there. You know, yeah. there's all these different themes. It's about relationships. It's mm-hmm. very simple in that respect. But uh, my wife works in opera. My right. wife has an opera company and wow. she, and she directs and produces opera. And obviously we talk a lot about it. And, and it was her who said when all these scripts came in after Wild Bill, this is the one you should look at. This is interesting because it's, so different and, yeah. and it's and it's and it's rooted in this this theatrical experience that's been on stage for three four years yeah, and it's been completely. developing and and so there was a really good I, I really responded to that material and yeah. and then we just you know talked about the nature of what is the song and what when people sing and it's like an aria in an opera you know where the characters stop and they sing what's inside yeah. and that idea I really grasped onto and it's something that I try to bring to Rocket Man as well is that that when when people sing that we're hearing their inner voice, we all sort of wear masks and have day to day life. Yeah. That's a very interesting and, and huge element of acting, you know, is like the, the personas and masks that we adopt in certain situations and, and and the real drama is when the audience know what's really going on internally but see what the cover is. Because we all recognise yeah. that in yeah. our own day to day experience and life that we have to feel like shit, but go out and say morning to the yeah, postman yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and pretend everything's great. So, so the, the song is the moment where if that all falls away. And I really like that, that opportunity to, to do that, to, to explore that. It's the, what I call the to be or not to be moment when yeah. Hamlet turns to the audience and says, do I live? Do I die? What do I do? And so that is became very exciting and intriguing to me, but I didn't want it to become theatrical. These, this environment, these characters, this world didn't call for that. Yeah. It didn't. And I, and I, and I think that was what the piece was never developed really as that. It, it always felt very real. And I also had to, learn about Edinburgh to learn about yeah. this kind of Scottishness of it, which of, you know, being a Londoner, I had to sort of come away from my environment and go and say, well, what's, what defines being Scottish? And I realized that that was something I didn't have to really try and do. What am I going to have everyone running around in kilts eating, you know, haggises and playing yeah. the fucking bagpipes. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's, I've got to let them be who they are, you know, and, and be in the environment, the environment makes them who they are, yeah. you know, and, and, and the bigger questions and bigger issues are just about these human relationships. Yeah. And that sort of made it more Scottish in a way than anything I could have tried to do yeah. by let, just letting it be in, yeah. in that respect. And, and you've got the, the, the amazing back catalogue there as well to, yeah, to, yeah. To, to tell that. And as a kid, I thought the Proclaimers were a comedy band almost. Because right, right. in, in the UK, like when 500 Miles blew up, it was all, oh, look at their funny voices at this. Yeah, and then and, yeah. as soon as I grew up and got into them. I used to have a radio show on XFM that was hip hop, 
just or rap and spoken word. Yeah. And even on that, at one point, I ended up just trying to convince the audience how great the proclaimers yeah, yeah, are because yeah. they're such good storytellers. Absolutely. They've written. I was excited to watch Sunshine on Leaf because yeah. I think they've written the two best love songs and they're yeah. very c- cinematic. Yeah. And then I'm, I, I met you in Sunshine on Leaf. Yeah. Are two of the most cinematic, beautiful love songs that yeah. you could instantly, before I watched the film, I was like, well, they're going to be, that's going to be an amazing moment yeah, in the yeah, film. So yeah, yeah. I guess the back catalogue there as well gives you a lot of of the heart of Scotland, I yeah, guess. Yeah. You've got that. Exactly. Why Why try and out Scottish, you know, uh, uh, Charlie and Craig? Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. And what they're doing is the very fabric of what they sing and why they sing it and how they sing it and why they write what they write and their yeah. connectivity to, to that experience. Sunshine on Leith, it doesn't get more yeah. ingrained in it. You know, they gave me all of that. They They authenticated everything that I was trying to look at in a way that I could never run around like I said and, and, and try to try to find and 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 so that's why I think it carries so well. It feels yeah. really honest and and and, and uh, a part of Scottish identity. That, that's my biggest hope. Yeah. That when Scots watch it they go, Yeah, fuck that's yeah that's yeah, home, yeah. you know, yeah. and because and, that's also what the film's about. It's about home. But but that's like you say, what all of what the lyrics and the music and what Charlie and Craig bring as as the gift. And yeah. Um, and it's and it's not being blind to that and going right. That's that and and accepting that's the case. Yeah. Either people buy into it or they don't. But but they yes they their 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 world their, that they write about is yeah. is inherently uh, authentic. Like yeah. I say. And, and there was Completely. a real yeah massive boost. Um. So yeah. So how much do you do do you feel um pressure or relief of pressure is added when working on a project that's 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 based in reality. That's based on mm. truth and and a, a bar because it's a it's a really a, a tough one. My first instinct is that it leads the story so much. You don't have mm. to have that moment of, well, that had never happened because it mm. did fucking happen. So mm-hmm. it, it can be mm-hmm. that you don't have to question that. But then mm-hmm. equally, I think what a lot of people in in recent times forget is a bar isn't a documentary. Mm-hmm. It's a dramatization. It doesn't have to tell every moment of this you point. Can't. You have to draw out the bits that that make that story and that journey work and flow. So how do you approach that as, as the director and going, right, here's, here, here's how we're going to tell this story and here's how we're going to honour reality and subvert reality. Mm. Yeah. I don't know if it's, it's a subversion of it, I, mm. I, 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 I tell you, but, but honouring it is certainly a key part of it. And, and, you know, you spread out the whole story in front of you and you, and you look at, what these facts are, and, uh, and uh, um, but like you say, it's not a documentary. And really, essentially, what a film gets down to, or, or, or a story gets down to, is what is the story that I am telling? There's always yeah. got to be a story that you know. If you're just telling a factual relaying of they did this and then that happened and this happened, yeah, sure, you've got these road marks along the way. But it's like how you connect the psychological and emotional journey of this character or these characters. How do they all yeah. tie together? What's the journey, what are we trying to talk about? What are, you know, the bigger themes, the human themes that we all as an audience, we sit and connect and understand. And yeah. and that's got to be the priority, not the facts of what happened. And it, and it's it's difficult because, especially with people like Freddie or Elton or even Eddie the Eagle, yeah. the people, there's a lot of people who are experts on the, on their life story. And, and, and when you're not trying to dishonour that, what you're trying to do is jam that 30 year story or that that five year journey or whatever it is into two hours yeah. at tops yeah and so 
what you have to honour, what I try to honour, what I try to understand is that do I love this character in the middle of it? Do I, as the yeah. director, do I want to tell their story? What is the element of their life that I'm extracting, that I'm talking about, that I'm telling yeah. them, and then how do I keep that all going and using those events along the way? And that means sometimes you have to invent or amalgamate or swap round or ignore or absolutely be on the money with different factual elements yeah. of it. And and it's only allowing yourself as the storyteller, as the filmmaker, to understand what the, the larger picture is yeah. that frees you from just being like, oh, God, well, they aren't the fucking shoes he wore. Yeah. And, and, and that's, sure, that's important. And yeah. there's an element of that. But if he's got to wear fucking trainers at that moment in order to tell us the emotional journey, the psychological point that that character is at that time, so we understand what the payoff is, so we understand when we get to the end of it, oh, now I recognise where we are. Yeah, yeah. Then you've got to make those sacrifices. Yeah. You know, I realised it with Eddie the Eagle is that it's a very simple thing, but the ski boots that Eddie, Michael Eddie, Eddie Edwards wore back in 1984 or whatever the year was, I now forget, don't exist anymore. Yeah. They're illegal to jump with. Yeah. What he jumped with, what everyone jumped with back in the 80s, right. just don't have, you mm. can't do it. So I meant I could have no one jump in those boots. Not only did they not exist, if they did, it would be illegal and I would be able to feel no you ski jumping. Yeah. No one would be able to jump in them. Yeah. They're just outlawed. Yeah. So I was like, what the hell am I going to do? Oh, there's all these visual effects. We'll have to rebuild the boots in real effects. And it's massive amounts of money and very complicated. And, and, and I want to get, you know, do I really have to worry about the strapping on his boots mm. or do I want to get a big stadium shot in there? which yeah. is what really is cinematic and is important. Yeah. Whereas one or two people are going to be looking at the boots going, oh, those boots are wrong. Yeah. So I, I just went, fuck it. We're not going to do, we're not going to worry about the boots. Yeah. We're, and if, if I get taken a task for it, that's the way it is. But what's more important is that he did the jump. Yeah. That he did these jumps and, and he did them at this time in his life for yeah. this reason. They're, they've, you've got to prioritise, and I always prioritise the human and emotional and psychological journey over the facts. Yeah, yeah. And and it's a risk because people are absolutely love their heroes and they want to see certain milestones and they want to see them in the way that they can look in a book yeah. and go, well, that's the exact moment there and it looks identical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I understand that and, and I, I, I respect it, but I can't adhere to it because yeah. I, I have to tell a film and I want to share that story with loads and loads and loads and loads of people. Yeah. Not just four people who go, oh, well, actually, they're the wrong boots. Yeah, um, completely. And, and that sort of carries through. It's, it's tricky. It's, 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 it's a risk in a sense, but you've got to be free to be able to tell the story, I suppose. Well. Yeah, because it's, uh, it's, it's fascinating because it's the same challenges and conflicts that you would go through writing a fictional script. There could be yeah. scenes that you're like, this is beautiful, but it doesn't add to anything. So I yeah. now, as an artist, have to get rid of that. Even though I love that scene, yeah. I have to get rid of it. Yeah. Yet you've suddenly got the pressure of other people yeah, who, yeah, who yeah. are then going to care that you've got rid of it. Yeah, if it's yeah. your own, then you have to live with the fact that, well, no one ever knew about it. Yeah, yeah. And that's sad because I love that one shot yeah, or that yeah. one scene, but yeah. it doesn't add anything. Yeah. Yeah. You've got that added... You get that in the edit as well. You create stuff. That, care. You create stuff that you shoot, and then you put the assembled the film, and you go, "This is a brilliant performance," but it it doesn't, doesn't serve the yeah. story. Yeah, and, and 
And that's, I suppose, it's the same thing. You know, this is a great, beautiful fact that is a milestone. It doesn't serve the story. Yeah. Uh, because, like you say, it's not a documentary. If you're doing a docudrama, fine. Yeah. You, you sh- I should absolutely adhere to that. Completely. And, 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 but, but in my experience, in the things that I've been tackling, um, uh, I have to find a way of freeing myself up. And that's why with Rocket Man, when Elton's our narrator, that he's telling the story, I, I very quickly said to everyone, it's his imagination, it's his recollection. Yeah. So that means it's fallible or it's embellished. Completely. Or, or, or he's got it wrong or he's misremembering, which frees it up in another way. Completely. Um, and, and hopefully that's something that the audience just get very quickly yeah. and go on the journey. Anyone that's so documented from such an yeah. early point in their life, n- no one will be able to know how true any memories are. Because, yeah, you know, yeah. like as, as we have with old photos, you have old photos, you remember that moment, but it's because you've looked at that old photo yeah, like yeah, yeah. You were three in that photo. Yeah. You don't remember that no. fucking moment, but no, no, no. you kind of think you do. So that's going to be magnified tenfold by someone like Elton, who was just mm. in the public eye for so long mm-hmm. and at so many times. It's going to be this... A, a romanticised yeah. version of, 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 course. of his and life. Exactly. And, and and even our memories become stories very quickly. You yeah. know, I you know, I can tell you about some holiday I went on or whatever. And it's a story now. Yeah. It's it's and so once something becomes a story, it's why, you know, people you know, had bolt-ons or whatever. They, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, no. Well, we went down the track and there was this, you know, the bear was seven foot tall. Yeah, a, yeah, yeah. You know, it was a little, yeah, it was yeah. a raccoon or something. Yeah, but I, I don't know. You, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it has to become something that engages, that we sit around a fire and tell the story as it, it flickers on the wall, yeah. the light, and, you know, it all harks back to, you know, that collective experience of telling yeah. a story uh, uh, and everyone being engaged and engrossed, yeah, uh, and that—that's—that's that's what you you know you got to be open to. Yeah, I love that. Um, I, I'm fa- I'm fascinated by the different approaches to directing and how it is to be a director. And as you mm. touched upon, particularly when you're directing something that someone else has written. So, mm. how much of the work do you feel as a director is done before you even step on set? Because I think the casting, the putting together of your team and mm. your crew. Mm. So much of that, if you've done it right, should allow your job on set to be that bit easier because you've got a a DOP that you trust. Mm, mm, You've got mm. actors that you trust. Mm. So the hope I always feel would be that you can step back slightly and say, you know, (laughs) do you do do your thing. Or we've got the right actors, we've got the right team. How much of that's a reality and how much is that is a romanticised version of things in my own head of, of how it can work? <laughs> well, you mean if I prep really well, when you get to it, yeah. I can just sit back yeah, and yeah. say action and cut. Or a, a, a balance, I guess, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there is an element of, of that. Yeah. I mean, of course, you know, anything prepped well is, you know, you fail to prepare, prepare to fail. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, and that's, that's, that's obvious in, in anything. Um, for me... Uh, you've got to be open to to the moment when there's magic that happens and yeah. and and sometimes you're the only one who can see that you know that that yeah. element for me is is about once you've assembled all these fantastic people and they're working towards the vision that you are trying to create and you want to create that by accident or design inadvertently or not things happen that yeah expand it and open it up in a different way and and that's the moment that you've got to be ready for that's not about prep that's about you know that you can't be prepared for that you've got to be able to go this is a moment i need to seize this is something that is happening here and now which is 
in the immediate and then about performance and about elements coming together and I, I yeah I think I would worry if I just got to the set and was just like sitting there like, okay this is all going to kind of happen and <laughs> yeah. I'll just go yeah that's great I suppose you know there's good a degree work, of that <laughs> yeah good work another day's done and, and then there was an element of that you know with very things that are very technical and but but also you've got to be alive to the fact or, or sensitive to the fact that you're going to get it in the edit and you need to keep it it needs to still live, you know, yeah. and and that's about keeping it alive on the set. I mean, I would worry personally that those things, you know, that are kind of just about, okay, well, the prep's done and here it is. Yeah. And here's the storyboard, let's shoot that, that you don't leave yourself open to. We need to keep it alive. We need to do yeah. something here. We need to, and that for me is the, is the the creative element of the job that you bring to the set when you go yeah. there. When you when you come in each day and and you assess how people are feeling and working and because you need to keep that moving. You need yeah. to keep people engaged and understand that everyone's where they're at because they've worked their bollocks off to get there. Yeah, and and the, you know shoots are long and hard and tiring and exhausting and. And you have to remind people and, and, and not l- let that fatigue become the predominant feeling, you know, yeah. um, because you can do that after. I, I I mean, I suppose it would be great if you could do all the prep and it all just happen. I, I just would never trust that. Maybe that's just my nature. Uh, I really enjoy being on a set. I love being there. I think it's some, from, my, from my childhood that that's why I understand most clearly who I am because yeah. that's where I was always placed to go on stage, get out and do it. So for me, it's a very exciting and energising environment anyway. Yeah. And that's what I want from everyone because I believe that that translates into into what you see. And of course, prep's absolutely massive, you know, especially the more money that's involved and people yeah. and expertise and skill. I just, I just, Always want the expertise and skill to be the bedrock of, now give me your poetry, give me your inspiration, yeah. bring what you can bring to it, because there's a moment here for you to do something great. Yeah. And and uh, even at people at their worst are really brilliant, if you, you, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, But Because everyone's worked hard there and uh, to get there. Now, everyone starts as, a, as, a, as, as the runner. Yeah. As the person who makes a cup of tea. Completely. On the set. There's no way you can, sure, you go to film school, but then you've got to come out, you still got to be a runner. Yeah. You, you know, people still got to make tea and for the camera department and work their way up. Yeah, yeah. You know, you don't stay, just come straight in as a, a boom op. Yeah. You've got to work your way up. Everyone, Completely. And, and that means they put a lot of time, effort and passion into it. And that's what I like to, I start as an extra. Yeah. You know, when I was six years old, admittedly, yeah. but I did start. That's, you know, no one yeah. walks into being a movie star. Yeah. No one walks into being a director. You, so that, that for me is kind of important that there's like, yeah, there's, there's something to be, to achieve here, to move on, to move yeah. it forward, to move it forward. Let all of us on a, on a, all of us on a, in our own department. We can, yeah. This is a chance for us to move forward. Bring your best. Yeah. I love that. I love the, the highlight on directing the mood and the tone of the set as, right. as, as much as you know on camera and off camera yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I i started acting only th- three four years ago so very yeah. late to it and um yeah the thing that i found really quickly and again it worked in my favorite points because i was just always so excited to be there to be right. involved because this yeah. is i've been watching for years i've done music for 10 years and then yeah. i've made this move but then you do see quite quickly that people have been doing this for years and they do know it's long days yeah, yeah. and that excitement and buzz can be a tough thing to maintain, but it's an important thing to maintain. Absolutely. So so 
bringing that back out of people. It's it. I me and um, it's someone who. Oh, I want to talk about your cast, but yeah. the third acting gig I had, I was paired up with Stevie Graham. Yeah, and he took me under his wing massively, and he's been a a good friend and 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 mentor since then. But the thing that he always liked was that every morning he'd get, and I'd be like. Have you seen the new thing they've put up? It's amazing, like some excited kid on set. Yeah, and it, yeah. it kind of helps that. So I love that 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 focus on the importance of of the vibe throughout the yeah. the project. Because equally, it's a long it's a long yeah. thing to do to make a film. So you're all gonna have mm. to be there. So yeah. the more that can be a warm and positive and exciting place to work, mm. the better, right? Mm, yeah, absolutely. And and you feel that you can you know, you've got the freedom to deliver your best and the support. I mean, you know and the support and the trust, you know, because it's quite an exposed place to be, make you yeah. feel, you know, but to, to, to put out your ideas yeah. on a daily basis to, to, you know, if you're the props man, you know, you've got to bring and go, I thought this was good. You know, you've got to be yeah. sticking your flag in the sand and I uh, be prepared for me to go, no, that's too new. I want an older version of that. Yeah, yeah. Go that's and find me good. the old one. Yes, too good. <laughs> it's too new. Go, go and find the old one so that they go off and, and you don't you don't just, you know, shit on the idea and say, that's good, but let's make it older. Let's find me something that's got a bit more, yeah. or whatever it is. And, and, and I think that goes across the board and it's, You've got to be aware that that people are putting themselves out there, yeah. but they've got to feel if they're safe, feel safe to do it, then you'll get better results. In my experience, yes, yeah, you know uh, um, that that it, it, it's 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 such an environment that can be like just be safe, play it safe, everything because there's a lot of money at line, there's a lot of hard work involved. You know, play it safe, play it safe, but you people deliver when when you just go. There's room for you to dare. There's room yeah. for you to. Just bring something out. And it's like Stevie Graham, for example. It's like, you know, Steve is a great actor because he puts himself out there. Yeah. He's brave. Yeah. Which is what you've got to be. And yeah. that's why you go, fuck me, Stevie Graham. Look, he's doing it. I never even thought that because yeah. he, he, yeah, he's brave. Yeah, yeah. And 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 um, and I, I've got to create environments that let him be as brave as Because I always rein it back. You know what? Yeah. You pull it back. But Completely. When someone does something that's dazzling, like they go, great. That's what you, you, you get. And Taryn's the same. You know? I was, was going to say, building that atmosphere must have been key for Taryn because both Eddie the Eagle and Elton John, they're, they're out there characters. Yeah. So he's going to have to push push the boundaries or, 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 or be brave to see how far mm. he'll push these extreme characters. Yeah, and you're yeah. going to have to be the one to make him comfortable to make that push because yeah, yeah. if it works, that's going to be the bit that makes the scene, that makes the film. But equally... There's a, there's, it's possible to go there's too far on yeah, Eddie yeah. the Eagle with his weirdness and his oddness. Yeah, yeah. It would have been easy to go too far yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So it's finding that. So was that a good relationship to, uh, to have there? That, that you two kind of had that place where he could push it as far as he wanted because he felt comfortable, but you also were comfortable as the director to be able to say that's too far mm-hmm. or go further. Yeah, go yeah, further, yeah. keep going, keep that, going. It's Elton John. He's as big as you yeah. can. You well, can go it. as big as you want. Well, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that is absolutely, and I think that's why Tara and I have this 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 good working relationship. Is that 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 trust and that my understanding of how far he can go, what he can do when yeah. he flies, you know, is is really important. And and he leads from the front. You know, being the leading man is a massive responsibility. Yeah. And and. You know, especially with someone like Elton, who's got a, quite a bit of fuck you in him. You know, yeah. Eddie's all right. He's got his own. He's like 
Eddie's got more fuck it than yeah. fuck you about him. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? He's yeah. like, fuck it, I'm going to go and do it, yeah. you know, which is one mindset. But fuck you's a, a bit more confrontational. It's a bit more yeah. out there. Yeah. It, you know, like Eddie, you could argue, is physically ugly, right? His red hair and glasses and his chin and all his teeth yeah. and, uh, you know, whatever your definition of beauty is. But Elton, because we're getting under the skin of Elton, we're getting right inside it. The ugliness is something else is about how tortured he is and how that yeah. inner turmoil and, and, and self-loathing manifests itself. And mm. that's a much bigger risk to take in a way, you know, that, that's, you know, Taron is, it's what I call the blood, sweats, not and tears version of it. It yeah. is, and, and then we go, oh, warts and all. It's just so much more than that, even. And it's brave of Elton to say, that's how, what you've got to, that's what you've got to tell because, you know, addiction and, 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 and dependency can be very ugly. They are very sort of selfish by their very nature. Yeah. That's, that's part of what you understand when you, when you, when you get to that dark place, but also to have an actor who's like, that's the side we've got to show as well as the person who's a huge fucking world star yeah. on a different level. Elton's a superstar yeah. in the true definition of the word going. Yeah, that's what you've got to do because he's not that person anymore. He understands that, that that's part of his history. But yeah. So that takes bravery. That's, that's standing out on the ledge and, and, yeah. and, and getting ready to jump and fly. And, and, but I think with Taron, I through Eddie and working with him that I understood that he has this incredible capacity to do this and desire. Yeah. It's about desire and commitment and, yeah. and 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 Eddie's a very good metaphor for it because it's about someone who's prepared to throw themselves off a ninety meter jump yeah. with no real no parachute. Yeah. yeah. And and see where he lands, yeah. you know, whether he's standing up or he's fallen. But that's an incredible amount of bravery. That's an incredible sort Completely. of commitment and, and Taron has that as an actor. Yeah, and and and, and again, it's it's uh, it's maybe because I've been looking over it all in prepping for this, and I'm finding comparisons that aren't there. But yeah, it feels so comparative because Eddie as a character is such a a small town. He's such a British character. Yeah. Yet, so you're watching him, and it's funny, and you're laughing, and it kind of allows you to forget that he's doing something really dangerous. Yeah. Like he's literally risking his life, and that's. That's what I loved in the film was mm. you're laughing along and then you're suddenly heart in your mouth because yeah. you're like, fuck, oh God, he's there. He's about yeah. to do this. And that that's a beautiful thing to do. But kind of Elton had a similar thing where he's this weird character with his crazy glasses, yeah, but yeah. equally he was doing stuff that was really brave at the time with his 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 flamboyancy, his sexuality, everything. It was all... It, but the size there, of the- there was a similar kind of risk there in, in the entertainment industry, I guess, yeah, it yeah. felt. Yeah, and, and look, you know, Elton didn't know when he went to the Troubadour at 23 years old yeah. and played a gig that six months later he would be selling out stadiums around the world. Man, I don't know if he went, that's the plan, because no, no one had really fucking done it except the Beatles. And that's more mind-blowing if you, you realise it's pre-internet as well. It's pre the yeah. kind of social media yeah. you can bl- bl- blow up overnight. This yeah. was when you wanted to get coverage. You had to fucking try and get an ad in your local... Yeah, for free newspaper or the enemy or, or whatever yeah. else. So to get that blow up in six months is is staggering, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It is, and 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 it's like fair enough of you to like that's my plan. I'm going to set out and do that. I think Elton loved you know what he did. He loved writing music. He loved performing. He found his his way and 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 who he was. But I think the meteoric rise of Elton 
it is something that I don't, can't see how he would have been prepared for it because because it, there was no comparison there. Yeah. The only comparison was the Beatles. Yeah. And and that was a four-piece outfit yeah. who all had each other to rely on, or Elvis, who went before them even. Yeah. And that is that must have seemed like an alien landscape completely. 100%. What Elton did by 71, 72, 73, 74, 75, while he's selling 4% of all the records sold in the world, is is... It's unfathomable now. Yeah. It's it's incalculable. And he's t- mid-20s. Yeah. You know? And I and, and I don't think there was a blueprint or a plan or someone to f- lead to follow. He was cut in his own way. And and there was no kind of uh, comparisons. Yeah. It, he was the first one to do it. And, and so, yeah, that's incredibly brave. Yeah. Because he's just absolutely, you know, he's beating the trail. Yeah. That others then followed. And, and in terms of, right, with his sexuality, with his music, with the, the amount of money he made, with, yeah. the, you know, the stadiums and, and just how he took it all on and how yeah. he developed his whole thing. And, and and so that's what, for me, is sort of staggering and amazing. Yeah. Because he's very exposed. Yeah. And sure, he might have made some questionable fashion, fashion choices along the way, <laughs> but you can kind of go, yeah, I kind of get it. Yeah. You know, Again, because it's a similar one. Knew? He needed that freedom to push the boundaries to, to, to find the points that did click. There's going to yeah. be some that don't quite click. There's yeah, going to yeah, be some yes. that they'll some fall on, on oh, yeah, some fall away and I oh, maybe the Donald Duck wasn't the best choice. Yeah. But, but we remember <laughs> it, you know, yeah. that's what makes him iconic because he went on, he went on and kept pushing it and kept trying to yeah. find what, what it is, and and um, obviously that takes its toll, and the film looks at that and how that impacts him as a person in his own yeah. personal life. He's still a person, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is weirdly hard to remember as well. I think we mm. have a big issue with that in society at the moment, in general, with celebrity that we forget that these are people. It's kind of I always look at the amount of hate at times for people like yeah. your Justin Bieber's or your right. Miley Cyrus, or whatever else, yeah, and it's yeah. like they're not to my taste necessarily, but. That kid's been globally famous since he was f- f- 15. He's not going to grow up normal. You know what no. I mean, there's going to be points where yeah, yeah, he's yeah. a dick or where he's, he's, he's it's, you can't, ex- you can't impose regular expectations on someone who's living in a completely yeah. irregular world. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And, and who the hell are we all to judge anyway? Yeah. I mean, look, sure, it may not be to your taste. But everyone's out there just doing their thing. Completely. No one's trying to hurt anybody. No. They're just no. trying to do their thing. Yeah. And, and some people, and then people say, hey, you're great. I love it. Do more. Yeah. So, okay, I'll do more. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and I, and I think that is, that's even the fallacy of people who, not the fallacy or, or the mistake or what's easy to to misinterpret is that fame is is just, is the thing. Uh, that 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 is in itself is enough yeah and, and that there's no cost to it yeah even for paris hilton there's a cost yeah, of being famous you know yeah and people have to navigate through it and, and like i say you know she's not to my taste but she's just doing her thing yeah. yeah you know and and it's it's hard to navigate and i think if if the film tries to look at anything it tries to look at cost personal cost of what your what you are trying to achieve in terms of fame or what the price of that is, you yeah. know, what, what it means in real terms to you as a person, because it's really hard to, to go, Oh, well, yeah, you've got all the money in the world and everyone loves you. Yeah. That surely is enough when, yeah. when it's not just, you know, problems are still problems. They're just, you know, relative. It, it, 
those things have to be given some sort of credence and, and, and understanding as well. And it's just like, it's okay to want to be famous, but, but just understand there's a cost. And when you understand there's a cost, then you, you maybe, you know what you're working towards or what you're fighting for. Yeah. Um, and it, and it, it seemingly can come easier, I suppose. Um, it, it, yeah, it's, it's a complicated one. It's, it's tricky. I've kind of been in this zone myself in a way, you know, yeah. in my own experience growing up. And so I suppose that's why I, I find it interesting and, 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 and to look at and, I know that it cost me at a certain point. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I yeah. had to find my way through it. Yeah. I mean, well, uh, let's kind of uh, t- t- touch upon that a little bit. How was it kind of at, s- at such a young age? And, you know, w- with Bugsy Malone, again, yeah. still, it's, it's no matter, again, the whole thing, there's no s- small roles, there's mm. only small actors. Mm-hmm. No matter how small a role Babyface was, it's one of the iconic lines is pass mm. this to Babyface, pass this to Babyface, I am Babyface. You know, mm. it's, it's one of the most memorable bits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So having things like that, but then uh, for me, pr- a, pr- a press gang was just yeah. huge uh, when I was growing up. Yeah, and that yeah. was a young cast yeah. with the, the instantly, an ensemble cast, but all young, all kind of blowing up. How yeah. was it to kind of have these things that were, were blowing you up at such a young age? And I guess at that point... You, it's all you knew as such. So, yes, it was. I mean, it's like you talk about Bugs and Malone, you know, at nine, you know, every kid at sc- I went to school with had seen that film. And yeah. then school is your world when yeah. you're nine. You know, yeah. it's, it, it's you know, then and so everywhere you go, you're famous. So you just, to a greater or lesser extent, yeah. you know, in, in, um, it's not like I walk down the street, but in my world at school, you know, I was babyfaced. That's who Completely. everyone, you know, every was, kid saw Bugsy Malone. That's, yeah, that's that was right. and, and and you know, and the reactions to that vary from great to I fucking hate you. Mm. Uh, and, but we all suffer our own trials at school, one way or another. Not, sure. not, you know, you know, there's this whole thing is like, oh, well, it, it's not a normal childhood, or you never had a childhood. I'm kind of on the fence with that because I'm like, well, you're still a child. You just have a different kind of childhood. Every childhood has things to navigate. Yeah, I just had to navigate being well known, yeah. you know. But there was a kid at my school called Patrick James who was who was a really fast runner and he was great at athletics. Everybody knew who he was as yeah, well at school. Yeah, yeah. It, it's relative, you know what I mean. Yeah. And so he was known at school for that and I was known at school for something else and everybody's kind of known at school for one thing or yeah. another sort of and that's that's the world you're in um when I think about press gang now I think if it was now press gang yeah and we were doing that show now and it had the kind of popularity it had back then in 89 or whatever the yeah. hell it was I think we'd been for a much rougher time than we even got then because it's not yeah. like we couldn't walk down the street and and you know people knew we were, we'd get mobbed or, or, or we couldn't go on the bus or yeah. we could, it, I could, it wasn't, it wasn't any big deal. I just think even now it would have really been seriously on top, yeah. you know, God knows, you know, what, what it would, it would be yeah. like because there was a really voracious appetite for content and yeah. external content of the actual. The uh, intensity of the spotlight seems to yeah, be turned up yeah, lot, really, to the point that it's, Burning the skin of the people. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, you know, we never, I don't ever remember feeling like that, you yeah. know. I mean, you know, people who watched it were like, oh, yeah, great to show. And, and yeah. now, 20 years later, or every 25 years later, meet a lot of journalists who go, oh, I, I loved it when I was a kid. Love and it. brilliant because they're now writers and that writing is a creative, wonderful thing. And it, you know, inspired yeah. people to go out and go, I want to 
tell stories or, or whatever it is, you know, and, and that's that's something really to, to be excited and proud about. And, and it's, it's the kind of thing that, that sticks with you. I, I, I remember my excitement during Eddie the Eagle mm. that there was a journalist in there and I'm like, yeah. It's from Prescott. It's Paul Reynolds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Paul so, Reynolds. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was a buzz. That felt like a throwback. Like that's, that's the same is. character. That's the same character. It is. Grown that's up that's and, absolutely. My, it's, yeah. it's in there for those of us that know. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Paul Reynolds is a great actor. You yeah. know, and like, you know, he he's done some great stuff in between. But as like, as soon as there was this part for a, for a journal, I'm like, we got to call Paul. I yeah. got to call Paul. I'm like, Paul, do you want to come out and do this? He's like, mate, I'm there. You know, yeah. and. No, exactly, because I'm proud of that. And I'm, I I love him as an actor. I love yeah. him as a friend. I'm proud of that. I want people to get the reference. Yeah, I yeah. want people to enjoy Because it's not like I'm not, I'm blind to or I don't enjoy people telling me that they enjoyed something that you did. Yeah. I don't have an issue with that. If people say to me, I love that show. I love this thing. Then I'm great. Yeah. What's not to like about that? I'm not like, oh God, please! It was so long ago. I just yeah, 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 I'm, I'm really, yeah. I've, I've moved on since. I've then. developed I've, so much. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I've really, you know, because it, it, it's it's absolutely to be proud of. And so, yeah, I just, I, I, I do think that that was something that I, I had to navigate it through my own way, you know, on a personal level, you know, uh, what what I found happened to me, and I don't know if it's true or not. It, it, for every child actor, is that. I think either one or two things happen is that you get to a certain age and you go, well, I didn't choose this. My parents did. Mm. And I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Uh, uh, like you might have had been taught the recorder when you was a yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. at 16, you're going, I'm fucking playing the recorder. Yeah. That's not who I am. I want to go and learn electric guitar. Yeah. Or, you know, you find out you've got an identity. And, and child acting, I think, is because like, that's how a lot of child actors don't make it. Because they fucking don't want to. Yeah, because yeah. I, I never made that choice for myself. Perfect example: a lot of child recorder players don't make it. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> no one highlights exactly. that fact. It's not quite exactly. as a, why a documented. Why they're thing. not so worried about that? It's <laughs> like, a, 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 or or you get to the point where you you do want to do it. You go right. Like, this is, is I'm, but then you've got you know there's a lot to, of innate a natural ability as a child because you're playing, mm. and playing's yeah. the easiest thing in the world when you're a kid. Yeah. That's what you're brilliant at. That's what you're designed to do. Use your imagination, use your physicality, get out there, enjoy it. And that's, that's, these are like key elements of being a, a secure, fun, good actor. Yeah. Uh, all the things that you have innately as a kid. Yeah. Now, if you can have all of that, but it's when people start saying, oh, you're really good at this. Yeah. Oh, that's good. You should do that more. That's when you have to start thinking about it. Or you grow up and self awareness comes in, which is the poison for, for performance and for freedom yeah. and things yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. Right? But, but also, any it's a craft. You've got yeah. to have foundation. Yeah. You've got to go and, 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 and it's what I was saying, coming back to earlier, is like, if I think about all the things that I did experience when I was younger, that maybe I discounted, like, oh, I was just lucky to be there. Uh, th then, you know, of course you're not just lucky to be there. It's there, for, you were there for a reason. And yeah. whether you felt you were enjoying it or good at it or not is another matter. But you do absorb it. You do, yeah. you do take it on. And a, a lot of child actors have to go away and really study. Only until I really started studying acting again did I get find what I enjoyed about it when I was young. But, uh, yeah, the, the, these are, you know, the thing about the child actor is the first time round, it's just innate and you're great and it's yeah. all of that. You then have to have to go out and learn and either you yeah. you can do that or not. People do it as adults. Yeah. You just uh, have to do it as, yeah, as a child. It's a, it's a fascinating one because it, it's going to sound like an odd comparison, but it makes me think of... Um, uh, one of my favourite things in the film was it's weird because I heard someone talk about it on a podcast recently is it's is an old boy and they yeah. have the reveal that all the time he's thinking about 
why he was locked up for that time and what he should have been thinking about is why he was set free. And it's a mm-hmm. similar thing there. If you spend all your time thinking about <laughs> why, how you got that opportunity to be there, yeah, you yeah. should be thinking about that. Oh, you were there. Mm-hmm. Forget that bit. Forget that it was luck. It was this. It was timing. Yeah, but you were there. So that's yeah, the yeah. bit that you should be remembering yes. and focusing on and thinking about rather than yeah. all the stuff around it that can be a distraction. Absolutely, because it just absolutely holds you back. Even yeah. when you're free, you're yeah. just completely restricted. You've not left. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you're not out of the cell. You're yeah. not out of the, the incarceration. And yeah. only when you get that, because you then do do something like I did and go, oh, I can change track and, and in, embrace that. And yeah. I'm going to go, right, I'm going to go for directing. Yeah. What can I learn about that? What can I apply from all that time I spent there and bring it to this and, and keep moving it forward. Yeah. And it's absolutely, it's absolutely true. And, and only then, you know, succeed or fail, but at least you're doing it for your own, you know, your own ends or you're learning or you're, you're trying to grow within it. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, that's, yeah, why for me, directing, I see as a completely new chapter. And I feel like there's this really, i really got to learn quick. You know, it's yeah. a really different discipline. You know, acting's all about ensemble and the part, you know, that's what I learned. And it's all being a part of the whole. And, and then directing, again, is about like, okay, but you're an island. Yeah. So, great, you know, and you've got to be able to lead the troops. And, yeah. and, and that, that takes a very singular and singular vision of mind and, and again, that's something you've got to learn as well yeah because when you're when the actors are rapping and are at the end of the journey you're kind of halfway through if yeah. that you've got so yeah. much more to continue yeah, yeah, they're yeah. going on on to the next gig yeah yeah and you've now got yeah. a time with this work to yeah, to, 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 to beat it into it what it needs it, to be yeah exactly you yeah you you've got to craft it and and make it into the film that it can be exactly yeah. and the film that you want it to be and that's a, a whole nother journey because you are you get into the next level of it which is you know dealing with studios and producers and mixing and music and sound and you know uh, grading and there's all these other yeah. massive amounts of elements of it that, that you have to uh sometimes go yes that's great that's exactly what we need and i'm like no i'm and get emphatic about something where the the People are going to push really hard on it. Don't fuck around. You know, yeah, you've got yeah. to be like, you can't. You know, thing about being an actor is generally you're like, oh, okay, all right. I, you know, I learn my lines. I stand here. I wear this. I put my hair like that. And you know, I, I kind of generally do as I'm told. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've got my map, yeah. my roadmap through. But if it fits with that, I'm good. But it was as a director, you, you're going to get things that that make no sense to you at all, and you have to try and navigate your way through. Yeah. through that but I've, that's part of the challenge I find I've I've always felt that um, it can help to get to understand a part of a job by having a focus on on that part of it I when I was I was, I was a musician for, for 10 years and got to I was, I was lucky enough to get to tour the world but in that time at different points I did the job of a tour manager or I did the job of merch or where else to get to understand it a, yeah, a little yeah. better so that I could decide which bits I wanted to do which bits right. I wanted to yeah. to delegate do you feel on on Bohemian Rhapsody you joined it at this at, more at the second half of of that journey that we were talking about because you 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 took over the project? Do you feel that gave you a, a, an an insight and a, a focus on yeah on on the closing part of directing separate from that being there from the start and going over all the, the putting it together? You're at that point where right we've got it we're getting more and we need to to make what we want to make. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was more of. Ex- that was an extremely unusual circumstance of course, by anyone's yeah, standards. Of course, and I, I, yeah, it's it's a curious thing. I mean, 
you know, 30% of that film is officially directed by me. That's, yes. you know, what, yeah. what the, and, um, and I, yeah, I came in when the train was moving. I had to sort of jump on yeah. as it was moving and, you know, see it through to the stations. Yeah. And, yeah. and even then I, I, I had to come off it to get back to rocket man. Um, I don't know how to equate what my experience was on Bohemian Rhapsody compared to what, how in comparison to films that I've seen through from start yeah. to finish, because I, I came on and did what I thought had to be done to get it to where it needed to be. Yeah, and, yeah. and so I think it's a completely unique experience yeah. in that respect, because it was, it was an already moving train is, you know, I can yeah. describe it. And I just, that makes sense. And I just, I just wanted those actors to have that opportunity and, and help everyone get it over the line and, and do what I felt was right and just yeah. say what I felt was my response to it. Like when any of us sit and watch a film and, and that we either like or don't like, I suppose we're making calls on it that are different from what we would do. Yeah. Or, do you know what I mean? If you don't yeah, like yeah, a film, yeah, you're yeah. like, well, that don't make any sense or I don't like that or it's just an internal voice. that yeah. that. And so I just had to, I suppose I had the opportunity to go, not that I didn't like what I saw, quite the contrary. It's like, how do I make this, keep this going on that track that it's on and yeah. give it my taste. But even then I had to, I had to be reverential to, 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 and understand what, what my predecessor was talking about, what yeah. he was doing. And, and, uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's odd like that. I mean, I, I didn't feel like I've got to come in here and make this and do that. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I just, I just got to get it done. Yeah. For, there's so many things at stake. So many people have been working hard and money invested and all of these kind of other elements. I just saw it as a great opportunity to be part of the bigger picture, yeah. which is what directing is. It's like, how do I, you know, with, with acting, you're, you're, you know, it's something that was said in the theatre many years ago when I was a kid that I listened to older actors going, well, being an actor is like being a mushroom. You're kept in the dark and fed on shit, <laughs> you know. And and so I understood that acting's like one element of it. Yeah. And it's like, how do you see what the big picture is and how do you how do you understand that as a director? All the other, all the plates that are yeah. And so I think I was just really more interested in 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 that, what the big machine was here happening. And I knew that the film was good and there was great content yeah. and, and it was a very particular thing that wasn't my thing. I, yeah. I did my 30% and, yeah, yeah. And, it, and it seemed to work and people respond brilliantly to it. Well, that's one of the things I was going to ask because yeah. it's such a unique project and situation. I don't know, did that make it more or less rewarding when people seem to react so positively to it. And it did, you know, it's won awards, no, it's been yeah, praised. Yeah. Does that feel right? That could have been fucking awful because of the, the, the craziness of all the different elements. Well, there's I'm, there's a know, chance it could that, have gone wrong. No, because so. I'm in a win-win situation with that, aren't I? Because, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. you know, if it's, if it's awful, which I kind of knew it wasn't, yeah. then I, you know... It's not my fault. Uh, I suppose I could throw <laughs> yeah. and go, well, I did what I could, you know. Yeah. And if it's great, I get to enjoy that as well and go, yeah. well, I played my part in that. And, uh, yeah, I'm proud of what I did and I made some great relationships and friendships there yeah. and, and that's all very rewarding. I'm, I, you know, I'm I'm happy that those people get the, the recognition that I feel they deserve and other people feel they deserve. I, I'm in a win-win. Yeah. That, that's why I went, oh, yeah, I should go and do it because I've been attached to the project before and there have been creative differences and, blah, 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 and all this kind of, you know, drama about it two or three years ago. Yeah. When the opportunity came, 
I just went, oh, well, here's a really good opportunity. Yeah. I want to be a film director. I am a film director. I need to learn more about it constantly. Here's a really great opportunity to go and learn something. Yeah. At no real cost, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Completely. Sure, I, I, you know, it was like, oh, Dexter should get recognised. It's like, it doesn't matter. It's not what I did it. I got what I wanted from it. Yeah. I am now of Rocket Man, which is my thing. I, I do have to take on the mantle of that. I do have to take a responsibility for that. I am exposed in that. And I'm and I'm and I'm proud of that and that's what I'm ready for. With that project, yeah, I, it was it was a kind of unique and great situation and and fantastically people respond brilliantly to it. Yeah. And and that's to its credit. You you got to go. It depends what you go into it for, doesn't yeah. it? It depends what your your uh, 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 your what your objectives are, and, yeah. and mine were achieved just by even turning up on the first day. Yeah, you know, to can I on the Thursday be talked to about this job and whatever, and on the Monday be ready to go do it. Yeah. That to me was really fucking exciting. Yeah, that was a real challenge. Yeah. I had what I learned, you know, immediately is that. In a way, the less attached I was to everybody who I was working with, because I, I didn't, I didn't have time to sit down and work. I didn't have four months prep and work. Yeah. I just had to come in and go. Right, this is what we're doing. I'm, and I had to lead. I had to lead yeah. immediately because the, it, they need. You know, we want to keep it going. Otherwise, yeah. it's in danger of, uh, you know, all falling away. And, and once no again, you're going to have to pull everyone up because it's it is yeah. in a, a situation. A project in turmoil in in, in many ways. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that stuff has no one knows. You yeah, know, it's no, stopped, no, like, where's the leadership? Where's yeah, the leadership exactly? Go. And that's what I have to, you know, learn is like what my leadership skills are, and that's okay to, yeah. you know, say no, we're not doing that. We're doing this, and and that's, you know, which isn't my natural kind of uh, uh, go to place as a, yeah. as a person. I'm I'm going like, okay, that's cool. We can yeah. work with that. I'm, I'm you know bend with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so in that way, it was a win-win. And then to see it do that, I'm like, great. That's Sweet. really good. Yeah. You know, Ram is fucking brilliant, you know. Yeah, he's amazing, be? right? And I, I love him because he's such, he's not your st- stereotype out the packet Hollywood star. Mm. He's, he is such a, a mm. unique kind of guy and approach and character. Mm. And I love that he's, uh, yeah, he's becoming undeniable in, yeah, in, yeah. in, in everything he does, it seems. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm I'm jumping up and down all over okay, the place. We'll start to to wrap things up in a minute, anyway. But um, you touched upon kind of potentially f- f- falling out of love with acting, or, or or deciding again, as you said, a child star deciding it might not be for you. Yeah, how was it? I mean, you've worked in some of the most iconic gangster movies, and I'm, <laughs> I'm putting Bugsy Malone in there um, yeah. um, in in history. So, how was it when Lockstock came about? Because that seemed like a real a resurgence or a really falling in love with that whole thing. Cause, and what it's hard again, it's another one. It's like Elton. It's hard to look back and remember because Guy Ritchie has now become Guy Ritchie. We know mm. his style. He was the guy who gave me my first acting opportunity on King Arthur. And it was, yeah. it was such an education yeah. to watch him on set and to see yeah. this guy. But at that point he wasn't Guy Ritchie. Yeah. He was some guy kind of thing. So, yeah, but, but, but Lockstock had Matt such Vaughan, a style. Yeah. And Matt Vaughan, yeah, of course. Or- yeah, that, I mean, even even then, I suppose, they just did things differently then anyway, those two. Such you a distinctive tell, style yeah, and such a even distinctive in the, approach. In the, even in the casting of it and just the way that they approached it, you yeah. know, you, you, I kind of think I was aware that, you know, there was a real sort of independent spirit of guys yeah. who were just 
doing it the way that they believed it should be done and and had this real sort of got this real kind of belief in in what they do and the way they do it and yeah. he was still Guy Ritchie then in a way yeah, if you yeah. know what I mean yeah, yeah. and the same as Matt Vaughan was still even though it was their their first sort of real outing they, well, they both they've not to have, changed no they seem to have made these huge about, blockbusters that feel like independent things but they so are to all and all this but, yeah, and all these they are they, their ethos they don't they haven't moved away from I mean on a personal level yeah I'd I'd got to a point where I had I'd not fallen out of, out of love with acting. I think I just didn't believe that I could do it, or I didn't. Yeah. I didn't have yeah. any faith in my my own ability. And and, and it's, it's actually it's the, an industry that can fuel that as well, right? Because for, so, for stuff yeah. out of your control, you could be busy or you could be not busy, yeah, and that yeah. can be that that can eat away at you and make yeah. you think, oh, am I am I shit? Am I just not? Am I not up to this? You yeah, know. I think ultimately that's something you you know you know you know when you hit it you know when you don't and yeah. and and if you've ever hit it you know you're good yeah. and if you know and if your nerves get in the way or, or or something gets in the way of it you know that ain't it but you that's the the galling is like I know I got it I know it's in there somewhere if I can just reconnect to it I'm yeah, good to yeah, go yeah. and 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 so you know unfortunately it's a craft. And some fucking chairs you make are really spot on and others are a bit rickety. Yeah, and yeah. it's just, ah, that one's not as good. And But you know when it's good, it's good. And and I think I got to a point, it was actually the job before that I'd done in the theatre that really made me go, I had a moment where the light came on. I was like, oh, fuck, I love this. I love and, when I, and when I fly, when I find that, it doesn't matter whether anyone else sits there and sees it or not. Is that feeling I have, that's great. I'm good with that. And that's what I want to get back to. And... And then my, I'd started, by the time Lock Stock came along, I had a whole new relationship to acting. I was reading a lot of books. I was, I was really getting into the craft of it and stuff that I'd never really, really uh, done before. I was always sort of winging it. Yeah. And now I understood that he didn't. And I, and I was on Lockstock. I remember writing like four or five pages of character backstory that yeah. I'd, about, the, about Soap, his real name and his family, his upbringing and yeah. his dad and his family. And, you know, this, this whole thing that I had sitting in a trailer, you know, a three ways trailer, tiny little thing. And, and, and I was getting really, that's why I'm, in, in Lockstock, my character's really serious. Yeah. He's a very serious individual. You look at him, he's like yeah. really earnest. and yeah. all Because I, that's where I was with acting at the moment. I was like, yeah, it's really fucking serious, man. Yeah. And, 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 uh, and, uh, and so that was reflective in my character. I still yeah. had fun, but I was trying to do something very particular, you know. But it, it worked for that particular instant. And, and, and yeah, Lockstock, in terms of where I was at as a, as a young actor, as a young man, it was a moment that... Yeah, it turned it all around for me because before I'd kind of lost my way and ended up fucking presenting game shows yeah. about computers, which yeah. I knew fuck all about, yeah. and just was like, oh, how can I get some money? I've got to pay my mortgage, which I yeah. didn't pay anyway. Yeah. So I knew that I'd lost. That was the beginning of me of my next chapter of finding my way again. And uh, and so that's why I'm really reverential and, and grateful to Guy and Matt and that film because I, for me it's so important personally. I, I love that that light switch was just before the film though. Yeah. Because, again, I, 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 in the first a few years of doing this act, I've done a few BBC things, thing and FX. I've been really lucky. But it was literally six months ago I had an audition. Uh. Didn't get it, but that... Was the first moment I felt like a proper actor. Do you know what right, I mean? It was one yeah. of it was exactly the same thing where it just clicked and I found yeah. it and it felt right. Yeah, and almost identically, I was then on Amazon ordering numerous different books, right. and I've been a studious stu- student yeah, yeah, since because yeah. it was that moment that went right. No, this isn't something I'm trying. Mm. This is what I do. This yeah, is yeah. this is me. And again, it's beautiful when that moment 
was seen by two other people or two other people in the room yeah, because it was yeah. a tape yeah. in a spotlight and whatever. It's like, it's amazing that those yeah. can be the things that spark it. I would yeah. look back and think it's Lockstock that sparked it, but no, the spark came just for all it's that. Part Lockstock part benefited it. from that spark well, maybe, and yeah. fueled it kind of thing. You know? But it's, it's also what I tried to put into Rocket Man as well. When, yeah. when in Rocket Man, Elton goes out into the Troubadour and he plays for the first time. And I looked at that picture of him jumping up on the piano, which is a very famous skill. Yeah. And I like take that's like, how do you communicate that moment to a wider audience? How that, what, the, what is the feeling of that? And yeah. the feeling is like, if you're all there together and something happens that is really sort of purely performance and just very free, it's only happening in that moment. Yeah. It feels like everyone's in, in it together and it can feel like you're lifted off the ground and you're flying. Yeah. And so that's what, that's where that idea and that image for Rocket Man, where he plays, Crocodile Rock, which is he never did play it at the Troubadour in 1970, but everybody lifts off the ground. And it's trying to find a way of expressing that because I know Elton understands that. Yeah, I yeah, know yeah. Elton gets that because when he read it, he was like, that is what it was like. And and so that that's what Rocket Man explores as well, is like not only the feeling of isolation that, that you can feel, in your success, but also what makes you relentlessly pursue it. Yeah. Beyond, yeah. you know, the one moment of brilliant, of good is like out, always outweighs the shit. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, that's what you always like fucking fighting your way back to find. Yeah. Because one moment in, in Bugsy got me through 20 years of not feeling yeah. like I didn't understand what was going on. Yeah. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah, and, that's, completely. and that's really important. It's a that, blessing and a curse in a way. Because yeah, yeah, it means but, you can't walk away now. You've seen that. You kind of, you've seen yeah, it, you're you in. can't walk away. You're yeah, in. Yeah. You're in, you're in. And, and and it's like how do we communicate that? And and hopefully that when people see that moment where everyone lives on the ground, we just have that moment of elevation and then boom, we're back into it. It's yeah. it gives that 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 euphoria and that that feeling. And and I I do think that you can have it playing sport, you can have it dancing in your kitchen yeah. you can have it yeah, yeah. you know uh, telling a story to a bunch of mates in the pub you know it can happen anywhere yeah, it can, yeah. and it can happen to all of us because i and I, I generally believe that's something that we all go oh i know i recognize that yeah. feeling that, yeah that that moment and um that's what i love about rocket man what i love about elton's story and and taron's performance and, yeah. and how how we try how we tell it it has these moments of magic and that's why it's a fantasy musical it's it, it has to be it has to be I love uh, that. yeah yeah um i tend to, to, to wrap things up by kind of asking what's ahead number one that's always tough with, with anyone in film or tv because yeah. often oh what's ahead is something they can't talk about but yeah for me the big question is how's it going to be to potentially do a project that i mean because from Sun- sunshine on leaf to Bohemian Rhapsody, to Rocket Man, yeah. the, the soundtracks that you've had to play with, the back catalogues, <laughs> are next level. So unless the next project is a Jackson film, that's not going to happen at the moment. No, no, um, no. You, you know, the, there's not a lot else that you could go to that would have that much back catalogue to, to play with. So, so well, what's the plan? Eurythmics. Eurythmics would be that a great be one, yeah. Dave yeah. Stewart. Yeah, yeah definitely. Dude. Or Terry Hall yeah, specials. yeah. That'd be quite That'd be great. But it's amazing that, yeah, how does it <laughs> feel about to be looking forward and kind of um, deciding what's ahead? Or are you not in that space yet to be able I, to... I'm not, ahead? in all honesty. Yeah. I mean, I'm just starting to emerge now and, yeah. and um, 
I want to see I want to see Rocket Man fly and and I want yeah. to see how people respond to that. That's my kind of next my next station is like how you know I I I love it and but that's not enough anymore. It needs yeah. to now be seen by the wider world and um if it's half as good as I think it is, I think people are going to really really get it. Um but in terms of that, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'll say, oh, I'm not doing a biopic next. It might be saying amazing around the corner. And yeah, you never know. I'm doing right. Da Vinci's life story. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know it's yeah, like yeah. there could be any number of things. So Do you I think Taron could play Da Vinci. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he could play anything. Play the banjo. He could play Da Vinci. He could, no, it's 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 an interesting one. I, um, I, I just yeah, I just want to choose carefully and smartly, and something that challenges me, and 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 that people are interested to see what my take on it will be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whatever it is, and, and we'll be excited by that. That's that's what I would hope for. I'm sure I'll dig out something. Yeah. Well, thank and you I very will... much. Cheers, it's, it's, it's been an absolute a pleasure, and I look forward to that seeing was. what is next. Yeah, well, so do I. Nice one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, mate. You've been listening to Scroobius Pip's Distraction Pieces. There we go. How good was that? I hope you enjoyed it. I think we probably talked about everything you wanted us to talk about, right? We talked about the new stuff, but we also talked about Bugsy Malone. We also talked about Snatch. We also, we, we talked about Press Gang, man. So, yeah, hell of a conversation. I really enjoyed that. It was great to meet Dexter. I'd had him bigged up by Joe Hartley, who's next week's guest. Joe Hartley had told me he's a top dude and she she reckoned I would specifically get on really well with him and uh, she was right. It was a lovely chat. So thank you for tuning in. I'll be back n- next week. As I said, if you're about to uh, on Saturday, the 25th, this coming Saturday, come hang out at the book club with me, uh, Stu Whiffin, uh, Discotech Credits, Doc Brown, Lindy Layton, all sorts of great people with great music being played. Come hang out. If you're not there, then I will see you all next week as I'm joined by the wonderful Joe Hartley on the Distraction Pieces podcast. Ta-ta.